This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays. It's the 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden. All the news you need to know with Joe Nolan, Traffic, Justin Ellick, Sports, Lou Dobbs, Business. And now, talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. Yeah, that's me. Five o'clock. It is a Tuesday morning. Good morning, Tuesday, May 30th. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, another beauty. High 70 tonight, overnight, clear, low 53. And we'll do it all over again tomorrow. Sun, clouds, Wednesday, high 75. If you're walking out the door with us, 50 and clear in Muncie up in Rockland County. 49 and clear in Chester down in New Jersey. And it's 54 and clear here in Midtown. I uh, hope you had a restful three-day weekend. I spent part of it in uh, the city of Brotherly Love, Philadelphia, watching my nephew get married, which was a lot of fun, and the backyard wedding, which is always a lot of fun as well. It was so nice outside. It was a perfect night for a wedding. And uh, we had one of those rare moments in my family where you had all five brothers in the same place at the same time. I I can't remember how many times that's happened in our adult life because everybody spread out all over the world. But there we were, all five of us. It's a big feat when you get us all together. And uh, my brother, who was throwing the wedding, who lives in Philadelphia, he was smart enough to get a photographer from somewhere. I don't know if they had an official one or if it was just somebody with a camera. But he came over. He got a shot of the five of us together, then a shot of the five of us with my dad. Of course, we were missing my mother, who passed away this year. This was the first big event she wasn't at. So it was uh, definitely stuck out like a sore thumb. She loved those moments, especially weddings, bar mitzvahs, that kind of thing. She loved to be the right up there. She wasn't. But um, uh, she was thought of while we were there. And uh, also what was amazed is um, talking to people and a lot of people I didn't know there because there was a whole other side of the family. There's a lot of people in Philadelphia who listen to WABC in Philadelphia, uh, you know, chatting with people, coming up and say, hell, I, I listen to Sid and Friends in the morning or they hear even this five o'clock hour. So that's kind of cool. I also thought this was kind of cool. And I've been to other events where they've done this, but I always kind of like this. So the uh, wedding was going strong. They had like a house band there outside playing. It was so much fun. And then a Mr. Softy truck pulled up. That's always a good move. I like that. <laughs> Mr. Softy coming up, pulling off, pulling off ice cream. So uh, it was a fun weekend. You hope you had one as well. All right, let's do this. Let's start the weekend. Let's start the new week. It's a Tuesday. That's a good thing. We're starting on a Tuesday. I always like that. Let's get into the headlines. The top five at five. A big weekend for sure towns across the tri-state. The parents of a Bronx baby may have killed her. It looks like there's a deal on the debt ceiling. Migrants on the move again across New York. A Brooklyn teen gets stuck in an old Brooklyn spice factory. All right, let's get into it. 503. Uh, it is all about, and even this morning, the rush back home from the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, these folks were at the Vince Lombardi rest stop on the Turnpike in New Jersey late last night. We headed out to Lancaster on Friday. So we're coming back from there, heading back. 
back to the Bronx. We got the easy part done, so now it's the hustle and bustle of the city and the wham, 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 back to work tomorrow. We're getting on the road to go down to Florida, and uh, we came down 95, and uh, we're here in New Jersey just having a stop, but traffic's pretty crazy. You know, they have a Shake Shack at that Vince Lombardi rest stop. I think that's why it's become popular. Remember when you only had the choice of Roy Rogers? What happened to Roy Rogers? I guess they went out of business. Anyway, they had the fixings bar, which was always kind of cool. So uh, we're lucky we got a little earlier start than we wanted to because uh, it seems like it's going to be a long trip. We went to visit my mom in Maine, and uh, we're heading back to Virginia now. Yeah, lots of people spending time with family. Prices at the pump, they have held steady for the last couple of weeks, and that's why people were eager to get onto the road. Well, we left today probably, what, 3 o'clock in the morning? Try to avoid the New York traffic. Yeah, so you'll notice actually you'll have a lot of company this morning. Lots of people waited till this morning to go home. City beaches, they opened on Saturday for the season, 10 a.m. Lifeguards uh, up. Lots of people in the sand. These folks uh, at Coney Island. We can't wait to go to the beach. We're just going to hang out. Kids absolutely love the water and they love this place. The waves aren't that high. This is better. There's no humidity. This is gorgeous. Water's still cold. It'll get warm to June, so. Yeah, uh, but what a weekend, right? I mean, if you had uh, at the beach, maybe down the Jersey Shore, out in Long Island, in Connecticut at the beach, out in Westchester, you had it great. Tom's River, the uh, mayor there uh, said they added sand to the shoreline right in the weeks uh, leading up to that first big weekend of the unofficial start of summer. It was all sand that had washed away during the winter. We have an emergency snow fund, which we didn't have any snow this year, so we just transferred funds from that account to the Yeah, and if you looked at the boardwalks down the Jersey Shore, I mean, it was just packed, 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 packed all weekend long. The airports, too, and the reports were getting from most people, not everybody, but most people said it was much smoother this Memorial Day weekend than it was last year, where it was just a disaster from the beginning of Memorial Day weekend through the entire summer season. It was a staffing issue with TSA and with airline workers, but so far, people who were flying back home yesterday they say it wasn't so bad. I thought it was going to be worse, but it doesn't look too bad. Because I'm headed home, I'm not in a big hurry, so I'll, I'll just roll with it. So Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, he's going to take some of the credit. He says, uh, you know, he got everybody together and said we got to fix this, make everything uh, smooth and work out for the Amer- American flyer. And he said that was the case this weekend. Each month we've seen cancellations under 2%. Uh, that's better than the 10-year average. And so far this May, uh, we're seeing those numbers hold. We're using our tools to press airlines to continue improving customer service and to continue improving performance. Yeah, so that wasn't the case for everybody, but most people said, yeah, it was relatively smooth. Uh, There's still an air traffic controller shortage, so that might still be an issue as the summer wears on. Issues that are under the control of airlines caused over a third of all cancellations. Air traffic control staffing issues were responsible for about another 5%. Yeah, so the good news, anyway, for most people, not everybody, was it was okay at the airports this weekend as well. WABC News Time 509. Let's bring it back here into the city. A father under arrest in connection with the death of his three-month-old girl whose body was found near the Major Deegan. Let's get the latest on this now from 77 WABC's Alex Barnard, who joins us live. Good morning, Alex. 
Good morning, Noam. And yes, that's right. 23-year-old Damien Comager was arrested and charged with murder Monday night. The little girl's mother, Ivana Paolozzi, was, has also been charged with concealment of a human corpse and obstructing governmental administration. The arrest comes as the body of their three-month-old baby girl, Genevieve, was discovered Sunday night in a wooded area along the Major Deegan Expressway. That baby deserved the life. I don't care what the circumstances is. You're supposed to turn to help. There's a fire department. Take that baby and drop it off. That's Simona Gupton, a neighbor, speaking to ABC7. Police found Genevieve's body just before 8.30 p.m. Sunday night. Reports indicate that Damien Comager's father placed a 911 call to report the child missing, with the post saying Damien had told his father that he had gently shaken a crying Genevieve and then panicked when he found her stiff and cold in bed. Gil Velez, another neighbor, also spoke to ABC7. There's always help available to people if they ask. Like, for example, I have a pantry. I help people out, you know. But these are young folks that need direction, okay. And unfortunately, in these days, uh, they're not getting the help that they need. The area of the Major Deegan where the body was found is near a homeless shelter in Highbridge that the family was living at. Detectives were trying to determine whether little Genevieve died along the highway or at the shelter and was disposed along the highway. And now, with the report of Damien's father placing that call, it would appear that she had indeed died at the shelter. Neighbors seemed shocked and confused as to why this happened. You have a responsibility to be watching your baby at all times. It's a baby. It's a great loss to society because this baby could have been somebody special. The medical examiner will determine the exact cause of death. Yeah, there's so much help out there for people who have newborns, and this is a young couple, but they have to know the help's there, and they have to access that help. That's right. No, that is absolutely right. This is just a a really, really sad story. Yeah, it sure is. All right, WABC's Alex Barnard, thank you very much. 5-11, unfortunately, there's other tragic news. This time at the Jersey Shore over the weekend, family New Jersey morning after their 15-year-old drowned after going into the waters off Sandy Hook. The tragedy taking place in the first speech, at first speech, that people enter into the Gateway Recreation Area, an area where signage says that swimming is prohibited. Yeah, there. The mother was screaming his name, and yeah, it's so sad, very sad. Very sad. I feel very sorry for the family. So six people from a family jumped into the water. This was Beach B. Before they started struggling, had to be rescued by divers. The boy who remained underwater the longest uh, was pulled out of the water. This was 4 p.m. on Sunday. Cell phone video showed uh, frantic moments in which onlookers and EMTs rushed to save the 15-year-old's life. Lifeguards um, at the Jersey Shore always pleading with swimmers to only go into the ocean where there are lifeguards. Again, there wasn't lifeguards at this beach. So far with this beautiful weekend uh, and the weather, we've had a few people get caught up in some rip currents and have, you know, needed our services to come out and help. Keep an eye on the water, um, you know, look for the rip currents. Uh, and honestly, my best advice is don't swim anywhere if there's no lifeguard. There were a lot of saves this weekend because of that current uh, through the waters down the Jersey shore and seaside heights the mayor there saying yeah uh, be near lifeguard your chances of surviving once you're in the water of course much higher if there's somebody a trained professional there it's traumatic because people think they can swim a distance the riptide pulls them 
they're not familiar how to swim to a riptide. The lifeguards are aware that they're going to ask, be asked questions. That's the best point to go to. Go to somebody that's familiar with our water tide, and this will save a life if they listen. Yeah, just awful story uh, out of the, the beach there. I can see it from here that the ocean is kind of uh, a little aggressive, so I, we won't go in. It was on a lot of news and, and phones that there was rip currents and stuff, and people s- still try to press it. Yeah, so it's always the fighting and once you get caught in that rip current. I, I've never have, but I can imagine it's enormously frightening. They say not to fight it, to let it take you out. And then, you know, you're able, once it takes you out, you can sort of swim back in or wait for help. But a uh, tragic story from there. Uh, if it wasn't just that, it was the rip currents, which was making things tough. It was the cold water, of course, because it's early in the season. And then we got word that there are four great white sharks that have been detected swimming off the Jersey and New York coasts in the past weeks. Um, so there's an organization called um, Ocean Reach. It's a nonprofit marine research group which provides open source data about shark migration and they recorded four male great white sharks around New York, New Jersey. Um, they've named them all Simon, a nine foot, 434 pound juvenile. Uh, that was pinged off of Fire Island. They take these sharks in, they tag them. That's how they are able to follow them as they go from down, uh, Florida up here in uh, the summertime looking for food. Uh, Jekyll, another juvenile, 395 pounds, uh, eight feet long. Jekyll. A 600-pound shark uh, that was detected off the Jersey Shore uh, just about seven days ago. Frosty, a juvenile, 393 pounds, uh, pinged off of Rhode Island. So uh, this group watching these sharks, I mean, they say you shouldn't be worried. They're not going to come in and attack you, but uh, it's awfully interesting to hear and follow them. And you can follow them on their site, which is O-C-E-A-R-C-H. O-C-E-A-R-C-H. They ping these sharks. It's really kind of cool to see where they're going. They migrate from down in Florida up here as high as Canada searching for food. And then when the weather starts to go a little cold the end of the summer season, they go back to Florida. And this group follows those sharks as they do that. All right, 515. Let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk. A tough night for the Celtics, Justin Ellick, no? Yeah, tough night for them, uh, Noam Aladen. And I guess that's where we can begin as the Miami Heat fought off the Boston Celtics and their three straight wins to bring it to Game 7. 103-84, the Heat hold off the Celtics in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals to reserve their spot. In this year's NBA Finals against the West Denver Nuggets. Those finals, they're set to get underway this Thursday night in Denver. Now over to the Diamond here, Gnome. Just the Yankees were in action on Memorial Day, burying the Seattle Mariners late last night by a score of 10-4 to in the opener of a three-game set in Seattle. Domingo Herman came back strong off of his 10-game suspension, pitching into the sixth inning, while allowing four earned runs on seven hits. He had plenty of a cushion to work with, thanks to an 18-hit outburst from the Bomber offense. None bigger than the two very long ones off the bat of Aaron Judge. Drilled deep to left field. That ball is off the pole. A home run. A laser to left field. A two-run shot by Judge. And the Yankees lead 3-1. to one. High drive. Left field. Going back. Kelnick on the track at the wall. Leaps. Another home run for Judge. A solo shot. Yankees lead 
94.94. Those calls courtesy of the Yes Network. Judge would go over the wall three times, actually. Nomi robbed a home run later on in the game. Now riding a, a little a three-game win streak. The Yanks will try and make it four tonight at 9.40 p.m. in the middle game of a three. Uh, middle game of three, I should say, with Seattle. Nestor Cortez is set to take the hill against Seattle's Logan Gilbert. As for the Mets, they'll pick things up at 7.10 p.m. tonight at home against the Philadelphia Phillies for the first of three. Kodai Senga gets the ball against a Phillies Ranger Suarez. And lastly here in hockey, the Vegas Golden Knights beat down on the Dallas Stars. Six to nothing in game six of the West Final. Punching their ticket to this year's Cup Finals against the Florida Panthers out of the East. Game one between Florida and Vegas. you got to wait till Saturday night in Sin City. Here were sports on 77 WABC. I'm Justin Owen. WABC News Time 520. Let's go down to D.C. President Biden says there's no reason a debt ceiling deal can't be passed by June 5th. It seems two sides, Republicans, Democrats, coming together over the long holiday weekend. There is no reason why it shouldn't get done by the 5th. I'm confident that we'll get a vote in both houses, and we'll see. A bill needs to be passed by that day to raise the debt ceiling or lawmakers risk defaulting on the nation's debt. Talk to me. Uh, okay, that's him talking about bipartisan deal with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. Obviously, if there's any existential need for additional funding, I have no doubt we'd be able to get it because we jointly do it. All right, so now they'll go back to their constituents or to their law, fellow lawmakers, Democrats, Republicans, try to hash this all out. They think they will before that June 5th deadline. 521, let's bring it back here to New York. New Yorkers. Honoring men, women who perished in American wars during Memorial Day ceremonies yesterday, veterans, active service members, elected officials gathering at the intrepid Sea and Air Space Museum here on the west side for a Memorial Day ceremony. Take time today to reflect, reflect upon the honorable service and heroic self-sacrifice of the nation's sons and daughters all who have paid the ultimate price of freedom. Admiral Darrell Caudill there, the commander of the U.S. Fleet Forces, joining others to place several ceremonial wreaths into the Hudson, as they do every year. It is a solemn day for reflecting on the cost of freedom and the families they kiss goodbye, walking proudly into the face of unfathomable danger to protect and defend our way of life. The president, also President Biden, honoring Americans who lost their lives while serving our nation. Once again, stand amid the rows and rows of marble stones and bear witness to the brave women and men who served and sacrificed for our freedom and for our future. The president at Arlington National Cemetery. We must never forget the lives, these flags, flowers, and marble markers represent. It also yesterday marked the eighth anniversary of President Biden's son, Beau, who died of brain cancer. He didn't perish in the battlefield. It was cancer that stole him from us a year after being deployed as a major in the United States Army National Guard in Iraq. But so is the pride. Jill and I feel in this service is if I can still hear him saying, Dad, it's my duty, Dad. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin also using Memorial Day events at Arlington National Cemetery to salute the 50th anniversary of the all-volunteer army. Our all-volunteer force has blended military power with moral power. You remember, it was a 1970. A government report said the draft should be eliminated and replaced with an all-volunteer force that will strengthen, he said, freedom and soldiers. Combine the force of American arms 
with the strength of people who freely choose to stand guard over our democracy. Every time a qualified American stands up and raises their hand and serves with honor, this exceptional nation becomes even safer and stronger. And Florida Governor Ron DeSantis observing Memorial Day at Veterans Memorial Cemetery down in Jacksonville, Florida. I'm just glad that in the state of Florida, this is something that's recognized in every corner of our state. Uh, people understand that freedom isn't free. All right, 523, let's stay in Florida. Awful night there last night. Nine people injured after a shooting near a beach in Hollywood. Here's one witness. I was there. I've never seen anything like I'm Canadian. I've never seen this. I'm you here. Like, I'm here on vacation, just enjoying the beach. And, yeah, it was terrifying. Four of the victims were being told juveniles. The shooting stemmed from an altercation between two groups. That's according to eyewitnesses. And I heard, like, three gunshot sounds. And I just seen, like, a wave of people just running out, like, like screaming and running out. Yeah, lots of people running for their lives. I started here, five, six shots, bah, 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 And everybody started running, and I dodged down on the, on the sand. Uh, so police telling us this morning, one person of interest has been detained. Another at this hour still at large. 524 up to New Hampshire, where New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu says he's going to make a decision soon on whether to jump into the race for the White House. He is a Republican. Pretty soon we'll, we'll make the decision probably next week or two and, and we'll either be go or no go. If he chooses to run, he would be the, let's see, I think that's seventh candidate, if I'm not mistaken, to enter the GOP primary in the race for the nomination. I just want what's best for the party. It doesn't have to be the Chris Sununu show all the time. Yes, so Sununu says if he chooses to run, he says he'll be ready to run, whatever that means. The money's been lined up. The support's been lined up. There's a pathway to win. All that, all those boxes are checked. The family's on board, which is always a big one. Yeah, sounds like he's going to jump in. 525, a Democratic member of the Senate Judiciary Committee wants to establish term limits for Supreme Court justices. Uh, Here he is. I have a term limits bill, so I'm obviously for that. There's an enormous amount of transparency and ethics work that can be done. 18 years. That's Rhode Island Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, who chairs a subcommittee on federal courts, says that the nomination process for Supreme Court justices needs to stop being so heavily politicized. Well, no doubt. The ethics reporting law Mm -hmm. that is at the heart of the Clarence Thomas ethics reporting scandal is a law passed by Congress. Yeah, hard to imagine that that will change, but he says he's going to try. 526, let's bring it back home. A Sullivan County family searching for answers. It's been six years since their daughter went missing. 31-year-old Shanice Harris last seen on Memorial Day 2017. She left her family home in Rock Hill to go to a friend's house, was never seen again. Her car was found three days later, about two miles from her family's home. Here's her father, who you might imagine always thinks about his daughter every single day of the week. Is a club that no parents ever want to take and be a, a part of. Till the end, we're going to find her, whichever way, however. But we're going to make sure that Shanice is never forgotten. At the time of her disappearance, Shanice, 5'8", 260 pounds, of course, there's still pictures of her up around uh, the Sullivan County area on, uh, they say they hand them out every once in a while, just hoping somebody may have seen her. There's also assumption she may have passed away. But either way, they throw out this phone number. They put up the signs. The father says, never stop looking for her daughter, Shanice Harris. Again, went missing Memorial Day of 2017.
We are just getting started on this Tuesday morning. Uh, we'll talk about how migrants are on the move across New York. Who is taking them in and who is telling Mayor Adams, no, they won't take them in. One of the latest on this just awful story of a six-year-old girl found bruised and unresponsive in her apartment in the Bronx. We'll tell you how they uh, celebrated and remembered Memorial Day on in Nassau County and all across Long Island, something that might catch on nationwide. We'll get into that before the morning is out. And uh, the three nights of Taylor Swift are over. We'll tell you the craziness that it caused near the Meadowlands or and for her fans before we finish at 6 o'clock. But first this at 529. The 77 WABC News Hour. Talking the news with Noah Layden on 77 WABC. WABC. Entertaining, informative, with New York's number one news talk morning radio show. Always speaking our mind with common sense thinking, plump, accurate, and insightful reporting. And on the weekends, we dance to the music with Gus and Brucey and music radio. That's just the impression that we give. The world famous 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Talking the news with Noah on 77 WABC. This is the 77 WABC News Hour with Noah Layden. Yep, that's me, 531. It is a Monday, May 30th. Good morning. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Sunshine today, high 70. Tonight, overnight, clear, low 53. And then Wednesday, sun and clouds, high 75. If you're walking out the door with us right now, 50 and clear in Muncie up in Rockland County, 49 and clear in Chester down in New Jersey. And it is 50. And clear here in Midtown. We'll start this half hour right here in the city with this nondescript building, South Brooklyn, that has opened its doors to migrants of all faiths for the last nine months. The Muslim Community Senator, uh, Center has collectively housed some 75 migrants. They say they want to do more, want to put more beds in there. Uh, they have uh, 75 migrants living in this community center over the last week or so. We have 17 migrants that are staying with us. And so basically each bed is their living space. As a Muslim, it's an obligation upon us to help house, you know, migrants and people who are travelers. And basically we um, decided to, you know, take that step. Mayor Adams and City Hall has asked uh, places, houses of worship, uh, religious school buildings, uh, any space that these religious groups might have, he's asked them to hand over that space to the city so they can house some of the 70,000 migrants that have arrived here since last spring. There's a, some schools that have empty dorms. There are some schools that are not reopening. There are former correctional, correctional facilities, which are not ideal, but that is space if we can change the environment. That's Governor Hochul out in Suffolk County over the weekend. They're the latest to push back against migrants being bused there. County Executive Steve Ballone issuing an emergency order over the weekend, demanding that he know ahead of time if migrants are being sent his way. Neighbors across Suffolk County say there's no room there. They say there's not apartments, homes. Uh, hotels that can house the migrants. These people coming here and they think they're entitled. There's no entitlement. I got no entitlement. Ballone saying the county facing just a huge shortage of temporary and permanent housing for its own homeless population in Suffolk County. 534. 
The body of a teen who went missing on Long Island Sound has been recovered. Cops say they received a call for a male body in Oyster Bay. Uh, This was about 1245 on Sunday. The family identified the body to News 12 as that is 19-year-old Jack Koch. Koch went missing on May 15th after falling off of a sailboat. Just thinking of the parents. To lose a child is unimaginable. There were so many agencies uh, searching for this teenager over the last two weeks, including the um, Oyster Bay uh, Fire Department, the NYPD Aviation Bureau, uh, Christian Aid Ministries taking part in this effort to bring this 19-year-old home, and they were able to do so over the weekend. Up to the uh, Bronx, where police have charged a Bronx woman after the death of her six-year-old daughter, Jalela Eason was found bruised and unresponsive in their apartment on Friday. Her mom, Linnea Eason, has now been charged with... with acting in a manner injurious to a child, but likely be upgraded to murder once the medical examiner report comes in. Neighbors shocked to hear that this little girl was being abused. She's just so sweet, like always wanted to give me a hug, show me love, give me affection. Like those things I'll never forget. Unexplainable. There's been a growing memorial to the little girl outside the forest houses on East 65th Street in Morsenia all weekend long. Devastated, you know, just to see a little kid and to know it happened here. That's horrible. How dare you as a mom, as a dad, whoever you are, how dare you? Jalela lived um, in this housing unit. Um, Her mother called to say she was unresponsive on Friday. Uh, They rushed her to the hospital where she passed away. Oh, my gosh. I didn't know this. I'm devastated, you know, just to see a little kid and to know it happened here. Shocking. Yeah, when officers arrived uh, at the apartment, they also found an eight-year-old boy, a three-year-old girl, who police say had signs of bruising and marks indicating that they had been restrained in the home. They were taken out of that home, and the mother now has been arrested. 536, uh, out to Long Island, where a Memorial Day tradition that has started in Nassau County expanded across Long Island, a unified moment of silence observed after fire department sirens and church bells sounded yesterday. Organizers hope it becomes a more prominent national tradition. Think about my uncles that served in World War II and cousin that served in Vietnam and all the brave men and women that serve our country. So the Unified Moment of Silence launched last year in NASA has since expanded to Suffolk County for 50 seconds at noon and 6 p.m. Sirens blare all across uh, Nassau County. And Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman asking people yesterday to stop just for 50 seconds and remember those who gave their lives. When you hear the sirens or the church bells, please stop what you're doing. Stand at attention until the sirens stop and think about or say a prayer about all those young people that gave their lives for us. They did this yesterday. Blakeman hopes it goes viral, like the way he saw traffic stops when Israel observes Holocaust Remembrance Day. I think it's a great idea. It's uh, It caused people not to forget and remember. It's become too much celebration uh, and not enough remembering of what what it's all about. Think about what this day is really about and that to remember those who have... 
uh, died. Yeah, nice tradition. 50 seconds, by the way, for the 50 states. WABC News Time 539. Let's go out to West Point. Vice President Kamala Harris making history over the weekend by delivering the commencement address at the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. Harris telling graduates that they're entering a world filled with threats to global security and stability. In the face of all these challenges, America plays a singular role of leadership. The vice president becoming the first woman to deliver the commencement address at the academy. This July, by the way, marks the 47th anniversary that women were first admitted to West Point. All of the graduating cadets this weekend were commissioned as new second lieutenants in the U.S. Army. Well, this was the first unofficial weekend of summer that we just made it through and a beautiful one. That was hope it stays that way all summer. And as summer beckons, Americans are eagerly planning their summer getaways. Despite ongoing economic challenges, people are prioritizing summer travel in their budgets this year. About 46 percent of consumers, according to our survey, are planning more travel this summer than last year. And about 47 percent are planning the same amount of travel than last year. Cecilia Seiden is with the consumer research group TransUnion, says for many people, summer travel, of course, the highlight of the year. She says after several years of feeling pent up, Americans are hungrier than ever to get the heck out of the house. Try to book midweek. Those fares tend to be a lot less expensive than during the weekend. The same goes for hotel rates. Ask about affiliation-related discounts, loyalty, and rewards programs, making sure that you're enrolled and staying with friends and family. Sidon says the survey found that families with children are planning more getaways than households without kids. Well, some of that is because it's the summertime. Kids are off. They have more natural interruptions in their routine. There's the break between school and camp. There's holidays. And when parents are already maybe struggling for child care, it might make sense just to take advantage of that time and go somewhere as a yeah. family. Yeah, a lot of people do that. 541 out to Los Angeles where the Dodgers are going to host a Christian faith and family night this summer. Phil Hewitt reports it comes after backlash over the team's pride night for the gay community. The event was last held at Dodger Stadium in 2019 before the pandemic and it was announced on Friday on Twitter by Dodgers pitcher Clayton Kershaw. In recent weeks, the Dodgers came under fire following the decision to rescind an invitation to the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence to attend the team's Pride Night on June 16th. Last week, the Dodgers reinstated that invitation to the self-described queer and trans nuns and publicly apologized to the group. I'm Phil Hewlett. 542, let's bring it back home. A Queen's Town Hall over the weekend, hosted by Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, turning chaotic when some voters demanded to know why New York was taking in so many migrants. So it was in a hall in uh, Corona, Queens, and there were people lining up to ask the Congresswoman questions when some people cut the line and it came, well, here's what it sounded like. The 33-year-old congresswoman is kind of used to this thing after a while. She laughed off the incident and security escorted some of those angry voters out. 
over to Brooklyn where a teenager had to be saved by firefighters after he got locked in the vault of an abandoned spice factory on Franklin Avenue. Apparently he was there with a bunch of his friends. They had walked into this factory. They came upon abandoned. They came upon this vault and one of them dared this teenager to go into the vault. He did. He walked into this vault. They closed the door behind him as teenagers might do and then they realized that the door would not open back up again. So instead of abandoning this kid, they did the right thing. They called the FDNY. They called the police. And they raced over, the firefighters did, to save this kid who was locked in this vault. The way the kids got in, they went around the rear, under fences, over fences, and they ended up, somehow they snuck into the rear. The difficulties that the members faced was a very thick vault door, and we had uh, four courses of brick on the side that they had to make their way through. Yes, so it was about 45 minutes once the firefighters got there that they were able to get to this teenager inside that vault. Uh, They weren't sure, of course, what they were working with to get to him because the building had been abandoned years before. But those firefighters had to use a saw, a torch, a sledgehammer, the jaws of life. And once they used the jaws of life, they were able to cut a hole into this front door of this uh, safe, of this uh, vault, and then able to pull this teenager out. Uh, He was fine. Nervous, scared, of course, uh, but they were able to free the teen, and uh, he is okay today. And uh, he refused to talk to the reporters that had assembled at the site, uh, but you saw him leaving the area with his father's arm around him, I imagine, telling him, thank God that you're okay. All right, 545, let's head over to the 77 WABC Sports Desk, and here's Justin Elliott. Thank you, Noam Layden. I have arrived here. I'm on the diamond. We begin. Just the Yankees were in action on Memorial Day, burying the Seattle Mariners late last night. I scored ten to four in the opener of a three-game set in Seattle. Domingo Herman came back strong off of his ten-game suspension, pitching into the sixth inning while allowing four earned runs on seven hits. He had plenty of cushion to work with thanks to an eighteen-hit outburst from the Bomber offense. None bigger though than the two very long ones off the bat of Aaron Judge. Drilled deep to left field. That ball is up the pole. A home run. A two-run shot by Juz, and the Yankees lead three to one. High drive, left field, going back, Kelnick on the track at the wall, leaps. That ball is gone. Another home run for Judge. A solo shot. Yankees lead nine-four. Those calls courtesy of the Yes Network now riding a little three-game win streak here. The Yanks will try and make it four tonight at 9.40 p.m. in the middle game of three with Seattle. Nestor Cortez is set to take the hill against Seattle's Logan Gilbert. As for the Mets, they'll pick things up at 7.10 p.m. tonight at home against the Philadelphia Phillies for the first of three. Kodai Singa gets the ball against Phillies Ranger Suarez. In the NBA, your finals are set. The Miami Heat fought off the Boston Celtics 103-84 in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Finals to reserve their spot in this year's NBA Finals against the West Denver Nuggets. Those finals are set to get underway this Thursday night in Denver and on the ice in uh, in uh, Dallas. Or was it Vegas? I think it was Vegas. The Vegas Golden Knights beat down on the Dallas Stars 6 to nothing in Game 6 of the West Final, punching their ticket to this year's Cup Finals against the Florida Panthers out of the East. Game 1 between Florida and Vegas is scheduled for Saturday night. you got to wait all the way until Saturday night in Sin 
City. Here with sports on 77 WABC Gnome. I'm Just Alec. Miami, Denver, anybody going to watch these NBA Finals? No, absolutely not. Why yeah. would they? Yeah. I would bet this would be like the smallest audience in NBA Final history. Yeah, I would imagine the uh, commissioner's office ain't too happy about, uh, about yeah. the whole ordeal. But listen, you get what you get and you don't get upset about it, okay? All right, my mother used to say that to yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's catch you up on some of the big headlines of the morning. A lot of it was the rush home last night and into this morning for people who went away for the long Memorial Day weekend at the Vince Lombardi stop uh, on the Turnpike in New Jersey. Lots of people gassing up, getting food. This was late last night. We headed out to Lancaster on Friday, so we're coming back from there, heading back to the Bronx. We got the easy part done, so now it's the hustle and bustle of the city and the wham, 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 back to work tomorrow. We're getting on the road to go down to Florida. And uh, we came down 95, and uh, we're here in New Jersey just having a stop, but traffic's pretty crazy. Yeah, up and down the East Coast traffic was crazy last night. If you're coming back from the Jersey Shore, forget it. It took you forever, but uh, people eventually got home and said, what a weekend. I couldn't remember Memorial Day weekend where it didn't rain. It feels like every year it rains. Not this year. We got a beauty. So uh, we're lucky we got a little earlier start than we wanted to because... uh, seems like it's going to be a long trip. We went to visit my mom in Maine, and uh, we're heading back to Virginia now. Yeah, so part of the reason people got out and about is gas prices have held steady over the last couple of weeks. Well, we left today probably, what, 3 o'clock in the morning? Try to avoid the New York traffic. Yeah, the people filling up again. Vince Lombardi there. City beaches here in New York. Five, uh, well, four boroughs uh, opening up at 10 a.m. Saturday. Lots of people on the sand in Coney Island all weekend. We can't wait to go to the beach. We're just going to hang out. Kids absolutely love the water, and they love this place. The waves aren't that high. Yeah, if you were this at is the better. Bo- There's no humidity. This is gorgeous. Water's still cold. It don't get warm to June, so. Yeah, that's always the case. If you were at the boardwalk anywhere, it was packed down the Jersey Shore, uh, uh, here in the city, Coney Island, just uh, everywhere you went, uh, there was just crowds. Uh, Tom's River, the mayor there, adding sand to the shoreline just ahead of this weekend, sand that had washed away during the winter. We have an emergency snow fund, which we didn't have any snow this year, so we just transferred funds from that account to the beach account. The airports uh, packed with flyers last night. They were packed all weekend. Ten million people screened by the TSA over the weekend. A record numbers for United Airlines, the biggest weekend they've had in more than a decade. Most people said it was pretty easy. You know, there were lines, but they said their flights took off. I thought it was going to be worse, but it doesn't look too bad. Because I'm headed home, I'm not in a big hurry, so I'll, I'll just roll with it. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg taking some of the credit for the fact that airlines delivered considerable improvement in avoiding the delays that we saw all last summer from the time Memorial Day hit until the end of the summer. It was just impossible to get anywhere. But this weekend, apparently, okay. Each month, we've seen cancellations under 2%. Uh, That's better than the 10-year average. And so far this May, uh, we're seeing those numbers hold. Yes, so some of that was that the airlines are staffed up in a way they were not during the pandemic and even before. TSA uh, traffic controllers, there's still a shortage of air traffic controllers, but uh, they were able to handle the traffic this weekend. Issues that are under the control of airlines caused over a third of all cancellations. Air traffic control staffing issues were responsible for about another 5%. Another one of the big stories over the weekend was up in the Bronx. A man there charged with murder after his three-month-old daughter's body found discarded in a wooded area near the Major Deegan. Police arrested Damien Comager, a 23-year-old, after the body 
of his daughter, Genevieve, was discovered steps from a pedestrian overpass near 161st Street. Uh, He's charged with murder, manslaughter, concealment of a human corpse. It was his father who called police on him after he was concerned that his granddaughter had gone missing. And apparently his son confessed to his father what he had done. And the father spoke to CBS2 yesterday. Here's what that phone call sounded like. I did call the police. And why did you call the police? Because of what he told me. What did he tell you? That she she wasn't, she, she had passed away. And I asked him why, and he told me that he was, he shook her and he laid her down because she was screaming. And he shook her and laid her down and... And he went to sleep because he was tired. He went to sleep and wake up, and she was she was stiff. She was cold. Yeah, the father doing the right thing, calling the cops on his son. His son taken into custody last night. The couple living in a homeless shelter. Yeah, three months. What did that baby do? And then if you feel like that, you could pass the baby off to somebody. And it's messed up because it's yes, take away the kids from the parents that actually care about their kids. And there's a lot of people here. Duh. I don't see them getting abused, so it's sad. It's sad. It's really sad. Medical examiner will determine the cause of the baby's death. I have grandchildren, and uh, it saddens me because this baby could have been somebody special. Definitely uh, terrific. How are they going to drop a baby back there? Yeah. And now the Jersey Shore tragic weekend as well. A family in mourning after a 15-year-old drowned after going into the waters off Sandy Hook over the weekend. Uh, the tragedy took place uh, at the Gateway Recreation Area, an area where there is signage that says swimming is prohibited. Yeah, there, the mother was screaming his name, and yeah, it's so sad. Very sad. I feel very sorry for the family. Yeah, apparently the rip currents were really tough this weekend. That 15-year-old, five others getting caught in a rip current. Lifeguards up and down the Jersey Shore have been pleading with swimmers. Only to go into the water where they see a lifeguard. So far with this beautiful weekend uh, and the weather, we've had a few people get caught up in some rip currents and have, you know, needed our services to come out and help. Keep an eye on the water, um, you know, look for the rip currents. Uh, and honestly, my best advice is don't swim anywhere if there's no lifeguard. Yeah, Seaside Heights mayor says uh, the lifeguard's making a lot of saves there over the weekend. And they said they were saves because the lifeguards, trained professionals were there to jump into the water and help those who were struggling. It's traumatic because people think they can swim a distance. The riptide pulls them. They're not familiar how to swim to a riptide. The lifeguards are aware that they're going to ask, be asked questions. That's the best point to go to. Go to somebody that's familiar with our water tide, and this will save a life if they listen. Yeah. Did you see this uh, right before we started the weekend? It seemed it was very quiet, but New York City made it illegal over the weekend to discriminate against someone based on their height and weight. Mayor Adams signing this bill late Friday when nobody was paying attention. It helps to level the playing field for all New Yorkers. It creates more inclusive works, places, and living environments, and it protects against discrimination. So you're, it's a new class of protection. People who are heavy or tall, or in my case, too short. Uh, it's illegal to discriminate against tall or large New Yorkers in the workplace or when they're trying to rent or buy a home. And uh, it was three nights of Taylor Swift at MetLife Stadium. It seems, I went onto Facebook yesterday, it seems like everybody I know was taking their kid to this thing. 
uh, 80,000 fans uh, showing up. Um, there was traffic. If you drove anywhere near there on the turnpike, Route 346, forget it. You got caught in a traffic jam because people were tailgating as early as like 12 o'clock all three nights, but kids went home that happy. No bad seats at a Taylor Swift show. Like, no, anywhere like, you are, as long like, as you can hear her voice, it's, like, such an unforgettable experience. We're, like, we're still best friends, you know? Like, I feel like this is something I'll remember forever. Yeah, I thought this was uh, kind of, you know, they tried to keep fans away from the parking lot because they've had, like, 20,000 fans without tickets showing up at parking lots at concert venues across the country. So they would not let you into the parking lot unless you had a ticket. So where did the fans go? They went across the street to the American Dream Mall, and they stood on the top level of the parking garage there. And apparently you could see right into the stadium and watch the concert. So for good for them.